real news. Welcome, everyone, to the Tory Says Show. I'm your host, Tori. Today is March 5th, 2020. I have like three, um, well, one new person in my life and two people in my life that have their birthday today. So that would be Irene, Kevin, and, and Sparrows. And I want to wish them a happy, happy birthday. I'm wishing God uh, blesses you with more healthy and happy years to come. Now, uh, you know, I, I especially love them because they're conservatives and all three of them live in three different countries and they share the same values. It seems like humanity is getting on the same page. This whole freedom, not forfeiting rights, you know, not to be subjects to people that think they know best for us, you know, that kind of thing. Uh, because for some reason that's quite conservative when I coined it, it's common sense. Um, today has been exponentially, um, growing in regards to news. I did tell you guys two weeks ago that we're going to see the Supreme court justices come into play. We are seeing that. I told you that yesterday before I signed off, SCOTUS gate is kicking off today. And I believe that these cases that were being discussed, these protests, um, or what's happening. Because yesterday, guys, there were two cases being discussed. The one was with the crazy, murderous people thinking that they have the right to terminate life, um, uh, protesting against safe abortion. So basically, the state, what it wanted to do was make sure that the doctors or practitioners or whatever you want to call them that were performing abortions had privileges at local hospitals, meaning that they were doctors and regulated. And that way, if they have privileges at the local hospitals, then that means if the patient was to come to some need to be admitted that that doctor who performed the abortion can actually go with the patient to the hospital and take care of it. But for some reason, abortionists say, no, this is a violation of their rights to have someone qualified actually commit murder that they want. So, uh, you know, that's really bizarre, right? Think about it. Okay. You want abortions? Well, why not make it safe? Why not make sure the guy's a doctor, the gal's a doctor, and that the local hospital, that they have privileges so they can ensure that you're safe, right? Think about it. Why? So I was saying, oh, you're going to make us go back to using hangers. Just close your legs. Close your legs. Don't sleep around. Use protection. It's not just not to get pregnant. It's so that you don't get diseases. But, you know... (laughs) My body, my choice. Um, Anyway, the next case that was being held and being a victim of this, I could tell you it's crazy. We had four justices of the Supreme Court and, you know, Ruth Bader Ginsburg's clone popping off, you know, the same rhetoric of, hey, we can't convict you know, illegal migrants that steal American identities so they can work and exist, excuse me, then how are you convicting American citizens when they steal identities of others so they can work or get finances or something? That doesn't stand. I mean, come on, guys, think about it. If you were to go now and say, 
I want to work, but I want to avoid paying taxes. So I'm going to take, you know, Jose Fernandez's social security number and I'm going to go and get, turn that in to work. So I work, 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 right? And I don't have to pay taxes. Well, whatever they take, I can claim that I have a hundred claims. So my work doesn't withhold it. And so for that year, I'm working and I don't have to pay taxes and I've stolen this guy's identity, maybe opened up a bank account with his ID, maybe opened up a credit card, ran up some debt, whatever it is, right? Gone to the hospital, got an amputation, right? All these things. And then Jose files taxes and uh, the IRS is like, yo, you owe us money. And he's like, what are you talking about? Here's what, here's my job. This is what I paid and I filed for a tax return. What do you mean? I worked at this place too. That that's not possible. How could I be in two states at once? True story, by the way. And they're like, well, you know, you need to take it up with uh, them. And it's like, ah, no, (laughs) you need to do your homework. I don't know how I can be in two states at once. So this is, this is the most bizarre thing I have ever seen that our Supreme Court says that illegal migrants shouldn't be prosecuted for stealing people's identities to work, exist and gain benefit. Yet a U.S. citizen will be locked up in a heartbeat, in a heartbeat. For me, uh, once my ID was sold at some point, I don't know when, you know, I, I've worked on orange farms. I've worked at fast food places. <laughs> You can't stop it. It's a monster. It's a monster because then that person gives it to that person and that person. And because I found out from the IRS, they were like, hey, you know, you uh, you owe us taxes. I was like, how do I owe you taxes? I was in grad school. I was making like under 20000 a year and I have kids. What do you mean I owe you taxes? Yeah, so you worked in this state and this, nope, not possible because when I wasn't working, I was in school or sleeping. So tell me which part, did I just not sleep and, you know, fly across the country three time zones to work and then come back for class the next morning and do rounds? (laughs) I'm just saying, you guys, this is how ridiculous it is. At this point, we have Supreme Court justices that refuse to prosecute people that are illegal aliens for crimes that average citizens would be held responsible for. That is appalling. That is horrific. And it is a perversion of our justice. SCOTUSgate, this is only the beginning. This isn't the real SCOTUSgate. But, you know, just so happens that Chuck Schumer came out too. So when time-traveling Tory says this is going to happen... It, it totally happened. I said it's around, you know, my birthday because I remembered so much from that, you know, segment of history that it was around my birthday and there it is. Um, so it just started and it's not even close to where it's going to get. But it's important for us to think, how is this happening in our nation and how are people not... Um, as outraged as they should be for the comments that were made. Uh, I'm going to play a clip from Fox and Friends this morning where they talk about it because I was outraged. This is the guy that said if Donald Trump does anything, you know, the intelligence community has six ways to Sunday to fix it and he better watch out, you know, on that dude Maddow's show, right? Remember when he said that? Mm, remember how they were going to get him? Think about it, you guys. Like I was taking a step back 
Uh, last night, uh, at, when I got home in the evening, I actually took a step back for a second and I was just processing things as I was, you know, as I entered the house, putting on pajamas, you know how you're like in that quiet zone where you're just like, yeah, let me just get ready to get comfy and whatever. And I stood for a second still and I thought, wow, that's really messed up. Like being a citizen right now that, you know, is completely new to understanding, doesn't do research, kind of just bombarded. Like I, I was, I was legit sad. Like my heart sank thinking that there are people in our government in unelected positions that have been appointed with the highest clearances, with the highest authority to destroy or create individuals, key point there, that are getting paid with tax dollars that every single American that hustles every day so they can pay the bills, you know, go to the doctor, take their kids to do sports, eat, you know, have lights on, Money comes out of every single person's pocket to pay these people that hate them. It's like they're funding people that hate them. They literally hate humanity. They literally hate the people because the people decide. That's the thing. And they don't like it. And they make it known. And, you know, I'm not going to hide it. Like, every time I see Chuck Schumer, I cannot forget Danny DeVito's, you know, reincarnation of the penguin on Batman. That's all I see, you guys. I, I, I'm dead serious. Like, when I see it, it reminds me of the villain penguin from Batman. Take a listen to this analysis of it. And you will be surprised at how little outrage there is in the mainstream media. Yesterday... Uh, the Supreme Court was listening to a case, uh, June Medical Services versus Russo. It was a challenge to a Louisiana state law that required abortion doctors to have admitting privileges at hospitals within 30 miles of the uh, facility. Well, clearly, on a case like this, you have both sides in front of the Supreme Court, including the Senate Minority Leader, Chuck Schumer, who listened to this soundbite, it sure sounds like he is threatening two members of the Supreme Court. I want to tell you, Gorsuch, I want to tell you, Kavanaugh, you have released the whirlwind and you will pay the price. You won't know what hit you if you go forward with these awful decisions. Well, Justice, now we don't, yeah, go ahead. Justice Roberts, he was not happy about that. He issued a very rare rebuke. You normally don't hear from the justices. They try to stay above board on this thing. But he, he had to defend himself. And he said, justices know that criticism comes with the territory, but threatening statements of this sort from the highest levels of government are not only inappropriate, they are dangerous. All members of the court will continue to do their job without fear or favor from whatever quarter. Now, I am not sure if he wrote those comments down, because one thing about Chuck Schumer, he's glued to the copy like he's never seen it before, even on the simplest statement. But he seemed to be uh, ad-libbing that. So I thought to myself, he's probably going to come out with an apology and talk about the need uh, uh, for his candidate to win the presidency in order to get a more liberal uh, Supreme Court. 
But it wasn't like that at all. In fact, he didn't apologize at all. Here's what the president says in a tweet. This is a direct and dangerous threat to the U.S. Supreme Court by Schumer. If a Republican did it, he or she would be arrested or impeached. Serious uh, action must be taken. Uh, Schumer's spokesperson, Justin Goodman, came back with Senator Schumer's comments were a reference to the political price Senate Republicans will pay right. for putting these justices on the court. For Justice Roberts to follow the right wing's deliberate misinterpretation of what Senator Schumer said or remaining silent when President Trump attacked okay. Justice Sotomayor Ginsburg last week. Okay, uh, so it shows then, Justice Roberts does not call balls and That is laughable. He didn't, the president didn't attack Sotomayor. He, he was just asking those two justices to recuse themselves because they were heard saying political biased remarks right. about him. So for uh, the senators spokesperson, uh, Schumer's spokesperson, to say the comments were a reference to the political price Senate Republicans would pay for putting these justice on, uh, justices on the Supreme Court? They're no talking way. about, he's talking about senators, Republican senators. Mr. Schumer was very clear. He was talking about two members of the Supreme Court. Listen to the soundbite again. Watch. I want to tell you, Gorsuch, I want to tell you, Kavanaugh, you have released the whirlwind and you will pay the price. You won't know what hit you if you go forward with these awful decisions. The American Bar Association that is not biased, doesn't have a political leaning at all, they said they're deep, deeply troubled, there is no place for threats, and it's inappropriate. Well, here's what uh, Josh Hawley said. Josh Hawley said, I would normally expect uh, the, uh, the Senate Minority Leader to apologize, but he said he has no shame, so today he's going to be filing uh, censure measures against uh, the man right there, Charles Schumer, who sure sounded like a lot of people, to a lot of people, like he was threatening two members of the Supreme Court. We should remember, uh, you know, uh, Donald Trump, when he did, he did mention Sotomayor and Ginsburg a while back, and he also, once upon a time, referred to uh, this guy is an Obama judge, to which the Supreme Court Justice uh, John Roberts came out and said, look, there are no Obama judges or Trump judges. We are an independent judiciary. So he has uh, taken independent whatever shots at pol uh, politicians before the chief justice but nonetheless this sounds like a threat yeah. aside from that threat you guys should have heard the responses or read i guess the responses of ruth bader ginsburg she was not only attacking the arguments of why criminals uh, i'm talking about the criminals not the abortion part uh, uh should not be you know they were saying well they've committed a crime they committed fraud you know they took their id they work hey <laughs> preaching to the choir man because when i say it it's like oh well you know whatever it's like this is real stuff there have been people that go to hospitals and, you know, they want to get like a ingrown toenail done right, on their insurance and their insurance won't cover it because apparently they owe money because they have amputated that foot three years ago. And they're like, but I'm here. I have both my feet. Uh, I didn't get it. Yeah. So you need to speak with the hospital yourself. It's like, wait a minute. I have both my feet. The hospital billed for an amputation uh, somewhere or there's a bill hanging around that I didn't pay. And now you won't pay for my ingrown toenail because apparently I've cut my foot off when it wasn't me. This is the stuff that happens to millions of Americans across the nation. 
And it is, and usually these people, okay, so they're saying like the illegal aliens that come to work and because they're scared, they're using people's identity. She was trashing the arguments that were being made as to why they should be held accountable. Right. And I just can't even fathom that four justices of the Supreme Court said, no, we're not going to hold them. We're not going to criminally charge them (laughs) when you or I would be thrown in and asked no questions whatsoever. These people would be like, here, here, go ahead, Uh, uh, go home. Just like in New York, where this guy assailed a toddler five times walking out. Yeah. Now you're not getting any money. Because just because they're illegal doesn't give them a free pass. And that is the problem. Though, I want to play devil's advocate for a second. The fact that the courts refuse to, well, it's not the courts. But I was thinking, like, if an illegal immigrant goes to, well, no, we can try. Never mind. Bad train of thought. I'm going to leave it there. But Ruth Bader Ginsburg, here's how you know she's a libtard herself. I don't care how accomplished she is. She's accomplished nothing but help propel the United States into a more socialistic type, uh, you know, era. But the fact that she sat there attacking the justice, she attacked Kavanaugh. She attacked all of them, all of them that said, no, they should be held to the same standard as American citizens. She attacked the judges. That tells you everything you need to know. And yes, there are Obama judges, Supreme Court Justice, Chief Justice Roberts, but it seems that his response was either full show or maybe he spilled the beans on that meeting in January. And the insurance that they have on him may be, you know, pushed aside because remember, they hacked his emails too. Oh, and speaking of hacked, I got to tell you some stuff about Jack Dorsey. So let, let, let's hear what else, you know, they've been discussing on this because Schumer put out a direct threat, not only to the justices, but his spokesperson threatened the Senate Republicans. You know what that means? Hey, we got your insurance. Guess what? That stuff's going to be leaked. You watch it happen. And Hoven better be careful. Yeah, and you just expect more. Number one, when you become a, get into a leadership position, uh, you're supposed to modulate others who might be flying off the handle. And then you come in and you maybe, uh, you maybe massage a, a, uh, some type of apology. But for Chuck Schumer to take the lead and lose it like that, and then to have his staff, which arguably you know, is as sophisticated and experienced as anybody on Capitol Hill, come back with that retort and insult everyone with that explanation, uh, it makes me think that my, my hope is that he will walk this back today. Uh, but, uh, but as you mentioned, Josh Hawley's going to look to, to yeah. get uh, to censure him. Well, Senator John Kennedy from Louisiana, he says he's disappointed. He thinks he should also apologize. I wish all the justices would come together and just say, look, no more political comments. We want to stick together. We, we might have been appointed by Obama. We might have been appointed by President Trump. Yeah. But uh, we try not to yeah. have any political leanings. So yeah, as you might have noticed, uh, Joe Biden had a really good Super Tuesday. And as you might have noticed, he picked up another state yesterday, and that was May setting up the ultimate cage of course he's gonna pick up maine that's like the twin of minnesota right it's overrun by somali jihadis uh lying in wait i mean i'm surprised we don't have like a center command there for 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 jihadi uh so that's that's pretty insane he did good on super tuesday but today is super thursday hint
match. Uh, Bernie against Biden uh, at stake, the Democratic nomination. Ber What's interesting is Bernie has adapted a more aggressive tone with uh, Joe Biden, who yesterday he was talking about is my longtime friend, we're colleagues, blah, 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 blah. Then he went out in front of the cameras in Burlington, Vermont, and made it very clear, we are two different politicians with two different visions for America, and America is going to have to pick between the two of us. Well, here is Senator, or millionaire Senator Bernie Sanders on Biden running a campaign supported by billionaires. Joe is running a campaign which is obviously heavily supported by the corporate establishment. Uh, at last count, he has received funding from at least 60 billionaires, 60 billionaires. When you have a campaign which is funded very significantly by the wealthy and the powerful, does anyone seriously believe that a president backed by the corporate world is going to bring about the changes in this country that working families and the middle class and lower income people desperately Need. He said he swore off uh, political uh, negative ads. That is over. Uh, he actually put out a pro-Obama ad that the Obama people, uh, some on the left, are upset about because they think it makes it seem like he's endorsing Bernie Sanders, which he's not. Uh, so now he's going to go after Biden on entitlement cuts, the Iraq war, uh, bad trade agreements, and the Wall Street bailout. Uh, he believes that his Waterloo is probably Michigan next week, which he shocked the world and beat Hillary in. He thinks he could do it again. However, he's trailing Biden there, and Biden picked up some big union support yesterday. It's interesting, over the last few days, this has become a one-on-one -on -one race between those two right there. Elizabeth Warren, people mm -hmm. are wondering if she's going to drop out. Her uh, campaign manager sent out an email to the staffers yesterday. Pretty frank email said, we are obviously disappointed, and Elizabeth is talking with our team to assess the path forward. This decision is in her hands, and it's important that she has the time and space to consider what comes next. And speaking of what comes next, what is really interesting is yesterday, Elon Omar and Donald Trump essentially were on the same page. Uh, Elon Omar said Bernie would have beaten Biden on Super Tuesday if Elizabeth Warren would have dropped out. And that's essentially what Donald Trump told Sean Hannity last night on his show. I think Elizabeth Warren, who did terribly last night, but she got enough votes that if Bernie Sanders would have had those votes, and I assume he would have gotten the vast majority, now, he would have won all of those places, or certainly most of them. He would have won Texas. He would have won Minnesota. He would have won Massachusetts. So uh, Elizabeth Warren, really, what she did, and, you know, others left. They dropped out, and they supported Joe Biden, and that really helped. Uh, Bernie Sanders, had he was, if he were able to convince Elizabeth Warren to endorse him or even to just drop out because she's doing terribly, uh, he would have won uh, a large number of the states that he lost last night. Um, so I just wanted to say, here's the president, you know, pointing out the stolen elections in the Democratic Party. He is pointing out the games they are playing with the voices of the insane uh, people of America. And that's because, like I said, the Democratic Party does not want to be aligned with communism. So they will do anything to ensure that Bernie Sanders doesn't go forward because he's a guy that'll just chuck it to the wind and spill the beans on them like nobody's business. Um, 
You know, obviously Elizabeth Warren dropped out. Molly Jong Fast, you know, that crazy, crazy wannabe journalist that writes for the New York... I can't even. Uh, She wrote an article saying, oh, the thought of a female president dies with Warren. Dude, you could have picked a better woman to put up there, okay? That woman is insane. She's unlikable. You know, she's horrible. She's a horrible... She couldn't even win her state. Nobody likes her. She lied. She said she was Native American when she wasn't. Come on, man. Like, if you were going to put someone up there... That at least was halfway decent and at least maybe a little bit likable, a little bit, a little bit, you know, maybe. But I kind of think like this, they're still going to push for their female president. You know, there's a lot of um, creepy crawlies crawling out of the woodwork now. And it seems, you know, Joe Biden's on the fast track to, you know, he's got two feet in the grave right now and he's just standing there. Hasn't been buried yet. It's coming. Because aside from him not knowing what position he's running for, what day it is, what state he's in, and who his wife or sister is, makes you wonder who Hunter's mom is. Um, You know, they're going to be putting up VP. And it looks like, you know, that dude Michael Obama may go. And, you know, we can't even use the he's a dude thing because they'll just turn turn it into that birther thing. We've been down that path. So we got to just eat that. But we got to talk about, you know, uh, hey, not practicing law. Hey, not really doing anything. Hey, um, but I'm still thinking that it could be someone like Oprah or, or Clinton. We'll see. Now, after the break, uh, we'll revisit President Trump's interview with Hannity yesterday. I'll see you all in a bit. All right. Welcome back, everyone, to the Tory Says Show. We're going to talk about uh, President Trump's uh, interview with Sean Hannity. Um, There was a little bit of talk over of Hannity um, over the president, but that could be due to latency. I've seen it myself. And um, I'm feeling like California is going to be that swing state this year at 2020. Uh, There's a lot going on in California. And um, I foresee or have seen that this summer, something's about to go down in California that will flip the script. Uh, The strangulation of federal funding um, will be incredible. Um, You know, uh, it's going to be just incredible uh, to to see the suffrage as it is. There won't be any way that they can wing it. There will be so much lawlessness that um, the American citizens of California will just say no. Um, And, you know, God forbid that someone that is uh, an elite of California um, get harmed in the process. Um, You know, this... uh, This is just beyond me. You know, we've we've experienced this transfiguration of our media, right? Uh, the media is no longer the news we are. The people no longer listen to what the news that, that coin themselves as news have to tell them. Because, you know, we have the news right now that are saying things that they are told to say. 
You know, they are told to say. But when do the news say what you want them to say? The facts, the answers. I was shocked that OAN, uh, you know, one American news that claims to be impartial, that claims to have no BS attached, are saying that the markets were soaring because Joe Biden took Super Tuesday. How dare they credit that to Joe? Why would any investor put their money on someone with dementia? So, you know, we need to to understand that this has all shifted. We are the news. And, you know, at the end of the day, if you want to know the news, you need to be on social media because that is where you see digital soldiers coming together and giving you exactly what it is. They're giving you exactly what you need to know. Mm. And... (laughs) It's so hard to parse through all of that, isn't it, guys? It's so overwhelming to understand the vast amount of disinformation. Don't get me wrong. Sometimes disinformation is needed. It is needed. But you have to remember, don't forget the gatekeeper that watched over our nation on that day of 9-11. That has not been forgotten. That will not be forgiven. Do you know how many people, um, actually yesterday I had a conversation with some people, didn't even know that, you know, that one of the supposed hijackers of the airplane of 9-11, that even though the plane exploded with him inside, that his passport somehow miraculously, you remember that guys, right? Miraculously flew out of the explosion or the airplane. Kind of what? Did he open the window in the airplane and chuck it out before they detonated or came to impact? Nobody knows. But apparently in the rubble, this explosive proof passport just appeared and they were like, oh, look, it was the guy in the plane. And it's like nobody asked, asked a question. There are people out there, they're like, yep, totally legit. Tell me how it's legit. Tell me how someone strapped with C4 or whatever they want to say did it. Oh, wait, no, they said that they drove the plane in there. Okay, say someone's driving the plane. Tell me, can you open up a window in an airplane and throw a passport? Oh, let me guess. While they were headed in with the wind you know, the way they were coming in at the speed that the camera told us it was going, he opened up a door and threw his passport out. Oh no, it gets better. That didn't happen. It actually exploded and that passport survived. And some passerby found it and said, here you go, policeman. I think this is the jihadis, (laughs) you know, passport. People don't know these things. Why? Because the media says what they are told to say. That's why. So this is why it's important to listen to our leaders and listen with ears of objectivity because even our leaders provide us more information than the words they say and purposeful disinformation so that way you can discern the words into more information. I hope that makes sense. Now let's take a listen to this interview with Hannity. The line, President of the United States, 45th President, Donald J. Trump. Mr. President, thank you for being with us, sir. Hello, Sean. 
I want to tell you, Gorsuch, I want to tell you, Kavanaugh, you have released the whirlwind. You will pay the price. You won't know what hit you if you go forward with these awful decisions. Uh, You heard from the chief justice today. That sounds like a threat to me. Your reaction? Well, first of all, let me stop by saying Dr. Siegel, I thought was terrific tonight, and I really appreciate the words. I have a lot of respect for him. He's a real professional. And as far as uh, Schumer is concerned, uh, that was a terrible thing he said. I was I was amazed by it. And if that were a Republican, you would see really bad things happening. It's very, uh, very unequal justice. And it's a disgrace that he was able to say something like that. And he wasn't shielded by the halls of Congress like Schiff was when he lied about my phone call, where he made up a phone call and gave it in Congress. And you immediately say, good, we'll take it to court. But he's got immunity because he's talking in Congress. And so he totally made up a uh, it was a fake phone call. Uh, He just totally made it up his speech. And uh, it was disgraceful. Well, Schumer did it outside on the streets in front of a rough crowd. So it was a it was a disgrace to the Supreme Court and to the U.S. Senate. Mr. President, my analysis of last night um, in the lead up, it seemed the media has ignored this. Bernie Sanders was again doubling down on supporting one murderous dictatorship regime after another. Um, it seems like there's not a whole lot of policy differences between the candidates. Maybe Mike Bloomberg was an exception uh, on issues, but mur- supporting murdering dictatorships, I would argue, is a tipping point. Your reaction to that, and do you think that impacted last night, and your reaction overall to last night? Well, I don't know what impacted last night. I think Elizabeth Warren, who did terribly last night, but she got enough votes that if Bernie Sanders would have had those votes, and I assume he would have gotten a vast majority, he would have won all of those places, or certainly most of them. He would have won Texas. He would have won Minnesota. He would have won Massachusetts. So uh, Elizabeth Warren, really what she did, and, you know, others left, they dropped out and they supported Joe Biden. And that really helped. Now, Joe didn't work that out, but somebody within that group worked it out that was smart. But Joe would never be able to do that. And but I will say this, uh, Bernie Sanders, had he was if he were able to convince Elizabeth Warren to endorse him or even to just drop out because she's doing terribly Uh, He would have won uh, a large number of the states that he lost last night. There are a lot of issues that I I see. I I know that people are acting perhaps as though it doesn't exist. I there are uh, Joe Biden is beyond a gaffe machine. I would argue that the toughest job in the world is your job to be the president of the United States of America, leading the world. You need strength. You need stamina. You need focus. Uh, you need the ability to react in real time. What do you make of these numerous gaffes of Joe Biden? Well, look, I don't want to be too critical. I just, you know, I've never seen anything like it, to be honest. And uh, I'm sure that the Democrats are saying the same thing. But they'd rather have him than Bernie. And uh, Bernie doesn't make too many gaps, but Bernie's got his own difficulties. Uh, but uh, the, the way they push and, you know, look, the media is uh, all on their side. When I say all, all but a little bit, including yourselves and some of the folks on Fox, some of the folks around. Uh, you have some great people. You have uh, Rush, who's doing I hear really well. He's doing much better. And uh, Mark Levin. And, you know, I mean, we have a lot of support. You'd be amazed. We have a lot of support. Uh, The great Lou Dobbs, 
so many people we have as uh, supporters outside of just, you know, our, our Fox News, which, you know, I have my own little... I have my own little uh, difficulties with, if you want to know the truth. They put people on that I think are inappropriate and say very, very false things, and people don't challenge them. I think they're trying to be very uh, politically correct or fair and balanced, right, is the term, yeah. fair and balanced. But I think they hurt themselves, if you want to know the truth. Mr. President, I have not seen this reported much. The turnout for you has been record-breaking. And that goes starting back with Iowa, New Hampshire. Uh, last night, you received more votes in Vermont, Minnesota, and Massachusetts than any incumbent in the last four decades. In Colorado, Republican turnout for you last night. This is an uncontested primary, greater than the past three Republican primaries combined. In Texas, you received more votes last night than Bernie Sanders, Joe Biden, and Elizabeth Warren combined. And we're seeing similar results in every state. How do you interpret that? Well, I appreciate you saying that. I've, I've heard those numbers. I have not read them in any uh, media. I don't read those numbers because they don't tell us those numbers. But the people get it, Sean. The people are genius. The people are brilliant in so many ways. They get it. But you don't read those numbers. Those numbers aren't broadcast for the most part. I've never seen them. I, I've heard them. I, I had heard that. And I had heard that we broke records all over the place. And uh, never once have I seen it. And I'm pretty good with the media. I see a lot of the media, what's going on. I haven't read it. I haven't seen it. Well, I, I, I like to pride ourselves on this program, giving news and information that they ignore. Uh, let me ask you, because we now know that there is a corruption issue and there's an investigation officially in the in the country of Ukraine as it relates to Joe Biden who said you got six hours, you're not getting the billion unless you fire the prosecutor investigating my zero experience son, Hunter, being paid millions. After all you went through, and now that you see Ron Johnson in the Senate and you see Ukraine investigating this issue, uh, and then the other countries such as China that Peter Schweitz about, uh, writes about in great detail, that Hunter, again, no experience, making tons of money. Do It has to be a campaign issue. How do you plan to use it, or do you plan to use it? Well, to show you how crazy it is, uh, it's not a campaign issue for the Democrats. They don't want to bring it up. They were obviously told you can't bring that up. So even people that are against, uh, if you look at uh, Joe, they're against Joe. They don't want to bring that up. That was off bounds. I watch uh, certain reporters say that this is totally unsubstantiated, and we're sorry to even ask you a question. Anderson Cooper. Then he asks a question at one of the debates, and it was so mild, and a ridiculous answer is given because there is no answer to it. Of course, it's corrupt. And uh, so he gives a really bad answer. And they go into the next question. Nobody says anything. The other, the other people that are running trying to beat him don't bring it up. That wouldn't happen with the Republicans, I can tell you. I'm not saying good, bad, or indifferent, but that certainly wouldn't happen with the Republicans. And, uh, you know, it's incredible. That will be a major issue in the campaign. I will bring that up all the time because I don't see any way out. I don't see any way out for, for them. I don't see how they can answer those questions. And maybe they can. I hope they can. I'd actually prefer it that they can, but I don't believe they'll be able to answer those questions. That was purely corrupt. Any thoughts in your mind why you think Barack Obama has not endorsed his vice president of eight years? Well, I would say because he didn't think he could make it. He didn't think he had a shot at it. You know, he's dealing with people that uh, I didn't rate the highest on the political scale. I know everybody and I look at even a party. I know 
I know people that are Democrats that are far above the, what, what you're watching. I watched uh, one night and I looked at the cast of characters. I said, this is uh, 350 million people and this is the best we can do. I don't think so. I will tell you, I know some Democrats that would uh, blow all of those Democrats away, but they didn't run. Maybe they just didn't want to run against me. I've heard that. Maybe it's true and maybe it's not. Makes me feel good. But uh, they didn't want, they're going to wait. They're going to wait uh, for another four years. But you have some Democrats that are very impressive. Uh, this is not a group that I think was very impressive at all. Mr. President, um, Joe Biden has a record. He served as vice president for eight years. Uh, that record would include the Iranian deal. That record would include how they reacted and responded with the H1N1 virus. I'll get to that in more detail in a minute. That record would include 13 million more Americans after eight years on food stamps, 8 million more in poverty, the lowest labor participation rate since the 70s, the worst recovery since the 40s, the lowest home ownership rate in 51 years. And that would also include the accumulation of more debt than all 43 presidents before Obama, Biden combined. Uh, you have your record. How do you compare? Well, I think what we've done is unprecedented. Uh, the largest tax cuts in history, uh, trade deals all over the place. I mean, they're they're going to start kicking in fairly soon. Unfortunately, by the time we get to the election, they'll just be partially kicked in. But the deal with China, $250 billion a year. The deal with uh, Japan, and it's a partial deal. I'll go back, and we're going to make it much bigger even. But it's $40 billion a year. The deal with South Korea, the the U.S.-Mexico uh, deal, the U.S.-Canada deal, the USMCA combined, uh, one of the biggest trade deals ever made. The deal with China is actually, you know, right in that same category. It's, it's an incredible thing. What, what we've done, we've rebuilt the military. We've taken care of our vets. Uh, we got uh, choice. Nobody thought we were going to get choice. They've been trying to get choice for over 40 years that's veterans' choice. With a veteran, if they can't see a doctor quickly, they go out to a private doctor. We pay the bill. And it's a great thing for our country. It's a great thing for our veterans. we got accountability so that if our veterans are treated badly, if they're treated horribly, we have say we had sadists in the VA. We had all sorts of problems. Thieves. You couldn't do a thing. You couldn't fire anybody. I got accountability passed, which was not easy because of unions and because of civil service and, you know, all of the reasons that everybody would understand very easily. And we got that passed. They've been trying to get that for many, many decades. Uh, now, what we've done is very unprecedented. Nobody's done more in three years, the first three years than we have. Now, environmentally, we're, we're, we have the cleanest air. We have the cleanest water. Our, our air is as clean or cleaner than it's ever been. And yet we're not spending trillions of dollars giving it to foreign countries under the Paris Accord, where you see what's happening with France and you see the problems they have because of it. And, uh, you know, they're just trying to take our wealth, that whole group. So a lot of things are happening. Our economy is doing fantastically. We got hit with the coronavirus, and uh, that was out of surprise. I started hearing about it. Very quietly, a couple of months ago from China. And I said, well, I hope that doesn't happen over here. Then it got a little bit more, a little bit more, a little bit bigger. And against the advice of a lot of great professionals, frankly, and they work, they work for the administration and outside. I, I closed the borders to China. And that's why we have a very small number of people that we have to really worry about. And 
you know, a lot of things have happened that have been very fortunate. But I closed the borders against the advice of a lot of people, and and it turned out to be a very wise decision. Otherwise, we would have had, you know, a lot of people coming in during that course, course of a number of weeks. So, I give um, you, a, you know, we're, we're no. doing a great job. We have a great group. Uh, Mike Pence is doing a fantastic job. I put him in charge of of the group. And then we have the greatest doctors in the world. We're also helping other countries. We help a lot of other countries. We would even help Iran if they wanted. You know, they're hit very hard. Uh, but we're helping a lot of other countries. Mr. President, uh, I have the timeline. And, you know, unfortunately, these pandemics pop up. Unfortunately, people die from the flu every year. One of the great things I love about this country is the innovation that our great scientists and medical professionals, they they rise to the occasion all the time. Uh, And I'll get to H1N1 and Biden-Obama, how they reacted. The WHO identified on December 30th of last year that there was a virus with pneumonia-like symptoms. It was January 7th when they labeled it the coronavirus. Uh, I want to go to your decision of January 31st, and that was a travel ban that Joe Biden said was xenophobic on your part, and CNN said it might stigmatize people from countries. But you took an added step that hadn't been done in decades, and that was quarantining Americans coming back from the region. Um, This is about three weeks after we just first identified the virus. You're saying that people recommended you not do this? And why? And why did you go with that so quickly? And and what what was your rationale at the time? Well, I would say everybody said it's too early, it's too soon. And good people, you know, brilliant people in many ways, uh, doctors and uh, lawyers and, frankly, a lot of people that work on this stuff almost exclusively, and they said, don't do it. And my theory was that, you know, we take a lot of people in, and China was being hit hard at that time, by that time. Uh, we started reading a little bit more about it. It wasn't something that were, was going to affect us. You know, you don't think of it in terms when you first heard it in China, you don't think our country is going to be affected. And uh, I thought it was a wise thing to do. And, and again, we stopped tremendous numbers of people coming in from China. And then we worked uh, on a whole quarantine system, which worked out very well. You know, one of the things we did, uh, the numbers are small when you're talking around 100 people, but we brought in approximately 40 people from a ship. They're Americans, but they were on a ship. You know all about that. We brought them in. And I knew that when I bring them in, immediately our numbers get higher. Now, again, compared to some countries, we're talking about very small numbers in this in our country, very, very small, because of what we did with the borders. But I brought in actually approximately 40, a little bit more than that, from outside, because they're Americans. We had to take care of them. They were left in uh, sort of abeyance. They were in the middle of nowhere. And uh, I felt we had to do it. And in one way, I hated to do it statistically. I hated to do it from the standpoint of having people coming in. It's going to, you know, is it going to look bad? I wasn't worried about uh, the the other people catching it very much because our people are so good and we had quarantine set up. But we brought in a lot of people. Now, a lot of those people now are getting better, very much so. And we'll be releasing them. And I think we should probably, when we release them, when people are better, we release them and we reduce our numbers. So we've been doing really well. It does have a big impact on older people and people that aren't well and uh, has very little impact on young people, especially very young people, which is interesting, much, much less so than a lot of other infections or viruses. 
So we've learned a lot. We're learning a lot right now. But older people like the nursing home in Washington, the state of Washington, has uh, been very, very heavily affected. The people are much older and many of them are not very well. Well, we're going to continue this after the break before we get into some really deep stuff about Twitter. You know, you thought, you know, Backpage.com uh, was a big problem. Wait till you hear what I've been able to find on Twitter. And for me, it is way too close. And I get really, really emotional um, when it comes to that. Uh, but, you know, on the on, on the flip side, in, in regards to this coronavirus, it's great that the children aren't being affected because the fear uh, that is installed in all of us is that there are people cheering that there's going to be a vaccine and they think that the president will actually enforce a mandatory vaccination. There is no way ever, 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 ever that I will get vaccinated for the coronavirus ever. You know, and I find it bizarre that they create vaccines for viruses. A virus always mutates. So if I get sick with the flu and I sneeze on you, then you're going to get sick with the flu, but it'll be a different strain because it came from me. It mutates at a high rate. So what is the point of me providing myself a low dose of the flu to train my immune system when it's not going to be the same strand when it gets to me. Absolutely no sense. So uh, for me personally, everybody does their choice. I'm glad that this has been established, that it is those that are more susceptible, those with a lower immune system, cancer patients, elderly that need to wash their hands. And you know what I was thinking? So awesome. When someone, you know, I like to wear my Trump hats, Trump shirts, etc. And so now, you know, if anyone gives me crap, I'll just fake sneeze or fake cough on them. <laughs> my mouth open so they just go away. Um, just to laugh with this coronavirus scare. I see people in my building walking around with face masks and it's like, ugh. Uh, I want to say something. But I think this will be a great way if you want to get out of a conversation to start coughing. Um, it'll scare, <laughs> scare everyone away. They'll be like, oh, no, you're sick. Go away. Garlic, crosses, everything. So uh, basically, I, you know, I'm taking this lightly. Our president has done an amazing job. We're going to see the numbers for those affected by coronavirus skyrocket, not because they suddenly became sick, but because we're testing for it. And like I said, I, I think that, you know, other people had, I, you know, even remember when Scott Adams was sick back in December or was it January? He was sick for like two, three weeks with this cold that he couldn't shake off, right? Well, I told him, maybe you had the coronavirus and you didn't know because you have all the symptoms, which is fever, cough, scratchy throat, blah, blah, blah. So I'm not really worried about it. As long as we keep good hygiene, we should be fine. I'll see you all in a bit.
Real news. Welcome, everyone, to the Tori Says Show. I'm your host, Tori. So this is the second hour. We're just going to continue on listening to the president because a lot of people didn't hear him speak and dissect what he says before we get into the really nitty-gritty stuff about Jack. Um, I have the article. I had to, guys... The stuff that I've seen, I've had to sit there and try to conceal the identity of the victims, like, you know, to put like strips over their eyes. So that way you can see like what is really going on. This is Twitter that, you know, they're they're constantly banning people that call abortion murder that, uh, you know, share conservative information, uh, that share support for the president, that uh, call out the pure insanity we're seeing from the left, banned instantly. Instantly, no if, ands, or but, especially if you hit a nerve. Instantly. We have a CNN, you know, the Daily Beast, and all those idiots Censor them. Take them off the... Where are they asking for censorship for what you're going to see? I have been... It has been such a tedious process because, you know, some of this stuff can be considered pornography. So it's like, you know, I'm not worried about it because I'm screenshotting, moving into the computer, blocking out the thing, and then deleting it because I don't want that stuff on there. But obviously, it's part of my report. And I'm trying to make it as less impactful because it has been... It takes a toll on your soul seeing this stuff. I can't even explain it to you. And Jack Dorsey is in a lot of trouble. And I'll demonstrate to you how and how it happened. Now, I'm putting it in writing, and I'm going to publish it on Lumerd, and um, obviously after that on Tory Says. But again, to get the graphics together has been really difficult, only because, you know, I don't want people throwing up. Just seeing just parts of it will get you sick enough. To understand and, you know, showing you just how many users just from one place, just how many this is sitting there like in the dark corner of Twitter. And yet they're making algorithms to shut us up for abuse when there's videos of abuse of poor little children having five-year-old little kids posing with thongs. I'm not joking videos not links to videos hey you know click here go to porn da 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 it's like embedded and yet you share a video that has a soundtrack you know of (laughs) of some group that you know orange man bad suddenly your tweet is gone instantly but that's not it's disgusting We're going to get into that, but I want to continue with the president's uh, interview um, and then a little bit of the minority um, house leader and what he had to say on Chuck Schumer. Now, it's let's continue. Let's just pick up where we left off. Take a listen. You know, and when it's funny you say that because the H1N1 virus, that was a pandemic in 2009 and 10. Interestingly, in Obama and Biden years, we lost around 17,000 Americans. The CDC estimates are we lost 200 to 500,000 lives worldwide. In that case, children were more at risk uh, with the H1N1 pandemic. Dr. Anthony Fauci, who I've watched for years, he is a great scientist. He's 
been very cautious and, you know, has said that this could become another pandemic like we experienced in 09 and 2010. He said it might be as long as a year before we ultimately get a vaccine. There are, there are 20 specific uh, vaccines presently in development. Um, you have said that you are evaluating on a daily basis for those Americans that might be fearful tonight, that those that might be talking about, well, potential down the road will close down schools and maybe there'll be more telecommuting kind of working situations. What do you say to them based on as this develops? What are we prepared as a country to do to keep our citizens safe? Well, I, I just say that it's, you know, a very, very small number in this country. And we're going to try and keep it that way as much as possible. I will say, though, the H1N1, that was swine flu, commonly referred to as swine flu. And that went from around April of 09 to April of 10, where there were uh, 60 million cases of swine flu. And you had over, actually, it's over 13,000. I think you might have said 17. I had heard it was 13, but a lot of a lot of deaths. And they didn't do anything about it. Interestingly, with the swine flu, children were, in particular, they were vulnerable, sort of the opposite in that respect. But children were very vulnerable to the swine flu. But they never did close the borders. I don't think they ever did have the uh, travel ban. And we did. And, uh, again, they lost at least 13,000. It could be as high as 17,000 people. And they yeah. reacted much differently. And then, you know, I watch Biden try and criticize us, but I'm not sure he knows what he's criticizing, to be honest with you. But I watched him the other day try, or I watch Schumer every time they put a mic in his face. He has no idea uh, the incredible job these people are doing. He'll say, oh, they're doing a horrible job, horrible job. Well, he says that because that's like the order, you know, he'll say it about anything. If you say, how great is the deal with China? Oh, I don't like it. I don't like it. He said he took away tariffs. Well, I didn't take away the tariffs. They're paying 25% of $250 billion. They pay us a tariff of 25% on $250 billion. But he was screaming, he took away the tariffs. You know, he didn't want the tariffs. And then all of a sudden, when he thinks they would take it away, but we didn't take them away. Just the opposite. Uh, it was rather incredible that we didn't take them away, but that's the way it is. And we're getting along very well with China. We're dealing with China. Uh, President Xi, who I speak with, uh, President Xi is working very, very hard in China. They have a, a big problem, but their numbers have gotten much better with respect, with respect to the coronavirus, very much better. Yeah. Let me, there are a couple of economic indicators, and I know markets tend to be skittish, although it really wasn't during the H1N1 swine flu period, which is interesting to me. But um, they seem to be uh, adjusting and accepting that that all that, I guess, can be done is being done. We do have some economic numbers just out. U.S. economy service sector grew in February at the fastest pace in a year. Uh, a CNBC uh, report on ADP, their job report, that the economy adding jobs in February, despite the coronavirus scare as private yeah. payrolls expanded, uh, they are saying employment excluding government jobs rose by 183,000 for the month. Um, do you expect maybe a short-term slowdown at all in the economy um, as a result of the virus? And maybe, of course, it's a global economy, China's, uh, the impact on China's economy in particular. 
Well, I think we're just doing very well. It's uh, very interesting. You know, for years you've known me, and I'm sort of saying keep it within the borders a little bit more. Let's make our own medicines here. And, you know, we've already started that long before I heard about this, before we knew about the coronavirus. But I've started it. But I've been a big person for let's keep it a little bit inside. I'm not a uh, I'm not a globalist. I like our country to do well. And I'm certainly interested in the globe. We're we're working with them to help them in a lot of different ways, including including the virus that we're talking about right now. But, uh, you know, I've been saying stay here. Well, now people are actually staying here and that's okay. Let let some time go by and they're staying here. Uh, but if they want, they can travel, and they're going to save countries. You know, I met with the uh, top airline executives, the top people in virtually every major airline today in this country. And uh, they're very aware of it, and, and they're ending flights to certain areas, certain areas of Italy, which has been hit hard. Not, not the whole country, but certain areas and other places. And China, uh, very big uh, in terms of China. So uh, a lot of things are happening, and frankly, uh, if people want to spend their money in the United States instead of traveling abroad, I'm very fine with that. I think that's great. Uh, numbers are coming out very well. The consumer in the United States is unbelievably strong, stronger than ever before, I believe. And that's why we're doing so well, and other countries are not doing well. The European uh, Union is not doing well. The, uh, As you know, uh, parts of Asia, China is not doing well beyond beyond the virus is not doing well and uh and we're doing great so you know i think we're going to be in great shape and this will go and this will pass and working on vaccines right now we're working on therapeutic measures uh, and we're working on a lot of things i was uh, i was with some of the greatest doctors in the world over the last two days and they're saying what they can do today is it's incredible what they're doing and what they've been able to do and and they're able to do it much faster so we're getting some very good, uh, very good ideas, and I think you're going to have things happening pretty quickly. You extended your travel ban. You met with the pharmaceutical companies in the country. I understand you're meeting with, you're going down to Atlanta to meet with the CDC leadership. Uh, right. I know you have Vice President Pence at the helm of running this task force, and people like Dr. Anthony Fauci is warning it could be. Okay, let's skip over this. Now, the president is taking measures to make sure that uh, people are safe. People that will be, um, you know, infected with this are uh, provided the environment and the medication, which I seriously believe that the only way, and this is just, you know, if we can... um, uh, get people into hyperbaric chambers and or increase uh, nitric oxide. Um, I think that would be the best way to battle uh, this virus because, you know, even if you have like flesh eating bacteria, uh, a hyper oxygenated environment does help, um, you know, and, and, and that's something that, that, that we do need because with, you know, the garbage we eat, uh, pollution, smoking, drinking coffee, stress, Right, we lack the ability to process oxygen and to have enough nitric oxide within us uh, to um, feel more invigorated and uh, you know be healthy. Um, so, 
I think that if we focus on um, just creating a great environment in order to allow our bodies to fight viruses, especially for our more compromised people, um, it should be fine. Now, I want to skip over to the comments about Bloomberg. When Mike Bloomberg got in the race, uh, you said you're wasting your money. Spent almost $600 million, estimates anywhere between 5 and 12 million per delegate. He's now out of the race. Um, What did you see? A lot of people thought he might do better. Why did his campaign not catch on? Well, once he debated, I said he's going to be trouble because it's not his thing. And he's a smart guy. He's a, you know, smart guy in a certain way, in a different kind of a way, but not in a political way. He's got a very bad political instinct. He's surrounded by uh, people that I know. In some cases, I know pretty well they're losers. He's really surrounded by losers, but they've Yep, and that's true. He he is surrounded by losers, and it's bad. Um, it's really bad, and he wasn't going to be able to succeed at all. He was simply there in order to funnel money back to the DNC to cover their deficits. Now that Amalgamated Bank is under investigation, but you know, I, I yesterday I met someone. My friend uh, took uh, me out. It's her birthday today, but uh, for birthday week, she's like, "Why don't you come along to a game?" and I went to the Cavaliers game, which, by the way, I've been to two games um, for them, and I am like their biggest bad luck charm. They've just lost on both of them. But I met someone there, um, you know, and they said every time I want to feel better, I watch the videos of election night and watch them get it wrong so hard. So someone just tweeted out, well, uh, Elizabeth Harrington did uh, from the RNC. She tweeted out a video about how the mainstream media was thumping from Bloomberg. I think we should listen to it. Take a listen to the clips. Winner last night. Michael Bloomberg. In a big way. Or the big winner last night could be Mayor Bloomberg. The guy we're not talking about here is Mike Bloomberg. A genuine billionaire. A real billionaire. He's on the minds and the lips of everyone I have talked to. There's just a sense like he could do this. He could pull this off. Michael Bloomberg looks well positioned now to swoop in. But he, if anyone could do it with his money, it's him. This guy is a beast. It sounds vaguely familiar to another uh, New York uh, self-described billionaire four or five years ago who didn't have a shot. Bloomberg has run an explicitly effective approach here in attacking Trump. Calling Mike Bloomberg an oligarch has implications in this country that I think are unfair and unreasonable. Bloomberg in this way is the real deal and I wouldn't count him out. It is not beyond the realm that he will be the Democrat nominee. How much money did they pay to get, did they get paid to say all that? And you know what? Let's talk about money. Our president just donated his salary, his quarterly salary, to help, you know, with whatever the nation needs to uh, create safe and therapeutic environment for victims of the coronavirus. Uh, And think about it. Mike Bloomberg spent almost a billion dollars and couldn't buy himself delegates. All he could do is buy ads and really bad dancing videos and, um, you know, lots of, uh, you know, T-shirts and signs and and paid off reporters that were, you know, they needed it. Yep. Quarter million. And I'll say that you're the real deal. There you go. He paid all that money, but when did he ever say, you know what? Hey, America, I really do care about America, and I'm a billionaire. 
here's some money to help fight the coronavirus. He didn't because he was never in it to win it. He was there for something else. Now, uh, before we get into Jack Dorsey, I want us to get into Schumer. He again uh, doesn't apologize, but he says uh, that he didn't threaten the judges. Here's Chuck Schumer talking today. I should not have used the words I used yesterday. They didn't come out the way I intended to. My point was that there would be political consequences, political consequences, for President Trump and Senate Republicans if the Supreme Court, with the newly confirmed justices, stripped away a woman's right to choose. Of course, I didn't intend to to suggest anything other than political and public opinion consequences for the Supreme Court. And it is a gross distortion to imply otherwise. I'm from Brooklyn. We speak in strong language. I shouldn't have used the words I did, but in no way was I making a threat. I never, never would do such a thing. And Leader McConnell knows that. And Republicans who are busy manufacturing outrage over these comments know that too. Huh. Excellent. Yeah, he knows that too. No, he doesn't. Neither do these insane libtards on the internet, which 16 hours ago, someone threatened, sent a direct threat to Steve Scalise saying that he better be careful because the next bullet may be better aimed. That tweet is still alive 16 hours later by some Twitter handle at 2xgran who is upset when people are trying to cease abortion and who's uh, probably traveling because she was an Irelander calling according to her Twitter feed just a couple days ago. So maybe Homeland Security can stop her at the point of entry and say, hey, did you threaten the senator? Because this, the, these things should not... <laughs> This is the problem. When you have people like Schumer saying things like that or how Madonna wanted to blow up the White House and stuff like that, that empowers them to get bold. This is how you literally... Um, uh, you know, start uh, the war, civil war, um, to enter into the physical realm, not just the I'm barking, trolling, doxing realm. Um, and we're seeing a lot of doxing and attacking on the conservative side by infiltrates. You know, I've not hidden, you know, my feelings on people that I've said that are prominent, that have been retweeted by the president a few times. You know, I've warned and I say and, you know, some people are like, whoa, I just saw that because we've lost the ability to listen carefully and discern things carefully. That's the thing. So here's here's a point of discerning that a lot of people missed um, in, in a few things. So today it was reported, right, uh, that uh, FBI agents that were part of the Carter Page probe were barred from FISA court requests. So they're barred. So it. Uh, this is this is coming from my beloved um, John Solomon, and he says, and it writes, the FISA court has temporarily banned FBI agents under disciplinary review in the wiretapping of former Trump campaign advisor Carter Page from requesting surveillance authority from court. The ban was imposed in an opinion issued on Wednesday by the secretive court's chief justice, James Boesberg, um, and that's in the Eastern District of Virginia. FBI personnel under disciplinary review 
review in relation to their work on FISA applications accordingly should not participate in drafting, verifying, reviewing, or submitting such an application to the court while the review is pending, he said. The judge also said in the 19-page opinion that the same restrictions apply to any Justice Department attorney under disciplinary review, as well as many DOJ and FBI personnel who are the subject of a criminal referral related to their work on FISA applications. So key thing is, why are they still FBI agents? You know, why are they allowed to do this? And is it, and is it only within the D.C. area that worked on these? Because one thing I want people to know is that even though we know about the surveillance of these warrants for those four people that are prominent, do you know how many other warrants? Well, no, warrantless Um wiretapping warrantless surveillance has happened nationwide across to patriots do you know yeah tons and this is why they better not they better not renew and they they just need the sunset clause to freaking sunset because this temporary ban is now in effect but on march 15th like i've been saying for weeks the sunset clause expires we do not want 9-11 FISA tools in place. We need to gut it, let it sunset. We need to gut the Patriot Act, and we need to fix that. Because this is how they do it. They surveil you, they surveil me, and you have no choice. No choice. And they don't even need a warrant for it for the domestic stuff. For the external, maybe. Maybe. And that's a huge maybe. Because do you know how many people were being surveilled that weren't subject to warrants? Because these warrants... Warrants were necessary and to be implemented in order to ensure that they can annul his victory, you know, in November of 2016, if he won or to stymie his inauguration. This is the only reason you see these. And this is why they had fake blank documents as placeholders for documents within their application. This is huge. And this is a big problem. And these people should not be working. Like I said, back Ages ago, they just need to gut it down to the janitor because you can't trust anyone. That's it. They're corrupt. They're horrific. And they don't care. They believe that they know better and that everyone should just listen to them because they know what's best for you. And here's where we roll into the they know what's best for you. So, uh, you know, obviously you guys saw that yesterday someone, a linguist like myself, uh, was actually charged with espionage. So Miriam Taha Thompson, of course, from Minnesota, was charged for transmitting sensitive, classified national defense information to a foreign national that's connected to Hezbollah. First of all, nobody cares if they were connected to Hezbollah or not. She shouldn't have transmitted any information, let alone to, to anyone. Even if they're foreign or domestic. Now, this person, uh, you know, transmitted this information and compromised our own people. So, you know, while in the war zone, she went to the war zone as a linguist interpreter. She gave sensitive national defense information, including names of individuals helping the United States to a Lebanese national located overseas. Apparently she had a love interest. She's 61. Like, come on, man. Still, I'm, I'm not saying that women of older age shouldn't be, you know, sexually active, but it's at some point that you're just like, hmm, 
You know what I'm saying? It's like uh, sex is for procreation. It's more about partnership at that time. But anyway, so she handed over this information to this to this Lebanese guy that she supposedly had the hots for. Um, so this is something huge because now this is coming to light. I've said this before. We can't have contractors and linguists doing jobs like this when you when they are not transparent of where they sit because she had like a note written in Arabic under her bed that had all this stuff that she then passed over so she was actually arrested just a couple days ago on February 27th at a U.S. military facility overseas where she worked as a contract linguist and had a top secret clearance so you know linguists usually either work out of different buildings when they're contractors um, or they have a set office if they're working like on a set project from home or they get, you know, taken out uh, of the country in order to facilitate. This is how they operate. We have tons of linguists, tons of them for all languages. The problem that we have, though, is we have this mentality. We have this software, OK, where it monitors you and me, average people and, you know, advertising companies use it. That's why you always get those really cool ads on Facebook. You're like, Oh yeah, I totally need that. You know, because they, they get to know you, they know your digital identity, which is a very huge topic I wanted to get into today, but I wanted to talk about SCOTUSgate and its initiation. So, you know, we'll table it because that's not happening yet, but it'll be introduced now with the Jack Dorsey stuff I'm going to tell you. But anyway, so these linguists are everywhere everywhere. And for some reason, they're either not profiling them correctly or, you know, because they don't meet some regular standards they have, uh, you know, like a good linguist, say, you know, average Joe next to you, you know, has five kids, you know, uh, divorced twice, uh, you know, is in debt, uh, great guy. But, you know, Joe, you know, you have debt, so you're compromised. But Joe is like gung ho NRA America first. He would rather, you know, take his own life before he betray his country isn't in there. But instead, we get Taha here because she keeps her stuff clean. Do you see what I'm trying to say? Uh, there has to be a new way of vetting. A, a new way of vetting in our government because this is how they come in. They know exactly the cookie cutter way things have to go without looking at individuals as a whole. And this is how people like this sneak in. Like I've said it, we don't, we don't need people that, Oh, I have like this experience. And nobody cares. Can you do the job? Can I train you to do the job? And will you do the job to ensure that America first to ensure that every single American is protected first and then everybody else. Can you do that? That is the problem that we have right now, not only in the military and in everywhere, even contract. I don't trust them. I've worked with linguists, you know, that are coming in for Pakistan. And it's like, you know, just with side comments that they make to, you know, colleagues, you know, and if, if, you know, I'm in charge of a project and I, because it's happened and I've had, you know, uh, um, a person here that's on a visa working, they made snide comments, uh, you know, because I was a female giving orders out or distributing. It's like, nah, man, stop, stop. This is America. We don't believe that. But when you see that their mentality is such where they bring, and no offense, you know, they do have a cultural aspect to it. And I've said this before, when it's too deeply embedded for them to leave it at the door, when they arrive to our nation, they should not be on the front lines or playing any 
part in what goes through this nation. We need to start looking at the, at the identities of the person, not what's on paper because that's skewed. We can manufacture and do. I remember years ago, there was this one individual that I wanted on a project and, you know, because they had like a sketchy, like divorce thing, it got really ugly, um, with his wife, really ugly, like really ugly. Uh, you know, they wouldn't qualify him for, you know, that, you know, clearance. And I'm like, dude, just because they were like being bitter because they were together for like so long, doesn't mean that he's not good. And that I don't trust him. Like, this is a person that I would trust to have my back, but you know, it doesn't matter. It matters what's on paper. And this is why we're going to con, Constantly see people like this because they know it matters what's on paper and not what the actual is. It's the perceived. And that is how the swamp gets away with this. They have the perceived and they push it along. This is how they are able to penetrate. Now, here we go with the perceived and actual. So, all of us were advised, huh? okay, we're jumping into Jack Dorsey now. All of us knew that last year in August, Jack Dorsey's Twitter account was hacked. Do you guys remember where he was hacked? And then rumors went around that he was dead, that someone killed him. We don't know where he is. Something happened. Yeah, you want to hear what happened? He bounced. He went to Africa. Let me tell you a fun tidbit about Africa. It's got 54 nations. Only a baker's dozen have extradition treaties to the United States. Are you getting me right now? Could you imagine what might have been in his DMs for him to bounce and leave the country and go to Africa? Remember how he surfaced afterwards? Where was he? Was he arrested? Was he detained? Was he, uh, you know, in court? I'm just saying. So that's, that's, the, that's one thing. I'm just planting that seed for you to think about it because he's in a lot of trouble and I'll tell you why. So I got an email in one of my Proton emails for specific sources because I have different emails for specific sources that told me to check out a hashtag. And as you guys know, uh, the account was at 200 Ellis. And what I did was I retweeted screen. uh, First of all, I retweeted the video that had actual child pornography on it. Child pornography. And for me, guys, I'm telling you, this is one of the biggest thing I struggle with because I have been attacking this all head on for so many years after seeing things overseas that I can't even repeat. But now that it's so close to home, it hurts even more. So I don't know, maybe because I was more enraged and emotional and thinking, oh my God, could this have happened to my loved one? Oh my gosh, I can't imagine what's happening. Oh my gosh, the pain, you know, because all of us should feel that when we see children put in that position, no child ever wants to be in that position. I have no mercy for people like that. I want them to suffer as, as much, and God forgive me for saying that. God forgive me, but I have no, no qualms whatsoever. Like, if they die, that would be way too easy. Okay? Way too easy. They need to suffer. And so I, I, I saw it. I retweeted it. I said, How is it on there? I reported it with Twitter. Going through the whole timeline, there was even more. Little boys, five, six years old at maximum, because they still had milk teeth performing fallacious acts on video, not links, video, pictures everywhere, all over Twitter, you guys, 
all over Twitter. Like that is what I've been trying to put together in this article is like to mask a little bit. Not only that, they even have DMs. They talk through Twitter. And I know a few of them might be even honey honeypots. You know what I'm saying? And a lot of them are new accounts, but there's accounts from 2016, 2014, 2013 that are just pumping out child pornography on Twitter. Tons of it. And to think that they have algorithms, they have algorithms to block people from saying certain conservative statements, but they have more child pornography than anything else I've ever like, you have to go into the deepest portions of the internet to file to find child porn. Right. And here it's on Twitter and it's, and it's free, you know, for all you idiots that, you know, pay for porn. Hey, you can find that totally, totally on Twitter. Just just go and look for porn. Just type the word porn on search. Be careful though, because you will see things you cannot unsee. You will see children with milk teeth, uh, you know, conducting, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, like I have to, oof. this is just horrific because it's, it's, you know, like for me to do this article, I was trying to see guys, I'm like tearing up just thinking about it. And all I did was look at three accounts that led me to other accounts because what they do is they retweet each other. And just to pull screenshots of it was making me sick. And I was thinking Jack Dorsey sat there saying he's making it safe. He's making it inclusive. He wants to keep it quiet in this. And all of this is going on. Hashtag no nude. Hashtag porn. Hashtag teeny. Right. And they have kids with braces on. Braces. People posing with children in bathtubs saying, this is my night. Oh my gosh. Or a big fat old man with a little child bending over suggestively. Videos of little children stripping. Guys, this is all over Twitter. All over Twitter and no one is talking about it. We're not talking, uh, you know, Chan boards or vote boards or whatever they want to say. They're saying that Twitter is safe. Where is it safe? Oh, you mean safe from what? Hurting somebody's feeling? Using the wrong pronoun? Maybe telling the world that Ilhan Omar is a jihadi? That Ilhan Omar isn't who she says she is? That Ilhan Omar is not who you think she is? You get banned. If you're Alex Jones and you're talking about this, you're banned. If you dare say anything about Nancy Pelosi or Hillary Clinton, you're banned. If you say anything remotely correct, you are banned. And yet you have child pornography videos, embedded videos into Twitter with child porn and nothing. They had pictures of saying, oh, Ananon posted this. He sent me this picture where there's fathers. Oh my God. I can't believe I'm showing underwear of their children. Like this is all over Twitter. You guys, I, this article is going to be coming out today. I, I, I'm going to finish editing those pictures. I'm just going to tell you, it is the most appalling thing I have ever seen. And to sit there and think that they are attacking conservatives when all of these children are being abused right there on the open internet. They're not even hiding it is just ridiculous. I, I can't explain it to you how I, I you know, at, ch search on your own risk. 
at your own risk. You can look at it yourself at your own risk because it is going to break your heart. You're going to think humanity is lost. That's it. We should just go walk over a cliff because this is happening. Wait till you see the comments under the pictures. Like what's their at sign? Oh my God, I need me to get some of that. Tons. And these things are getting more retweets than you are. Retweets of little children making little kids kiss each other in hot tubs. I'm not kidding. This is on Twitter. It's not, you know, in a dark corner. It's on Twitter. And they sit there and they're scolding us as to what we're saying is abuse. Do you know how long it took to take that account down? After I sent it out to people, which no one even acknowledged, by the way. No one dared to, um, you know, retweet it or say something, you know, with a blue check mark. Nobody did. Nobody. They just kept away from it. And it's like, oh my gosh, are you kidding? Millie Weaver did because she feels strongly about children, you know. But this is the stuff. Like, why aren't people taking control and saying, enough Twitter, the hypocrisy. Laura Loomer so dangerous, but you have pedophiles right there with their faces. They're not even hiding their faces, okay, with their faces out on Twitter. So that's going to be coming out soon because, you know, Jack Dorsey had a lot to say of how he wants it safe and inclusive. But this could be one of the reasons as to why these things are coming up. Oh, someone's going to buy Twitter. Someone is, uh, you know, that's a conservative. Gonna, I don't even believe they're conservative. I think that's a manufactured story because Jack Dorsey is now missing in action in Africa. And that was after, after his account was hacked, which means there is a lot to come on that story. And it will be coming to the surface because he refuses, he refuses to acknowledge that his platform is being used to abuse children. His pinned tweet is, we're committing Twitter to help increase the collective health, openness, and civility of public conversation and to hold ourselves publicly accountable toward progress. Is that progress? Is that what he calls progress? Tell me. Progress is what? Is it progress to have child pornography on your platforms? Is that how he, he thinks that we should progress as a nation? That we have child pornography on Twitter? I've taken screenshots. I've blocked out things. Guys, it was like really painful to watch. Um, you know, I couldn't even get stills where, you know, it wasn't so bad. Um, you know, like little kids stripping for people. Um, you know, I had to block out certain things. Acts being happened. You know, I, I tried to kind of just just put it there so you can see just how graphic it is and how it's alive there. You know, and I've been checking for, you know, since I discovered this realm so easily accessed, I've been checking and they're still there and being retweeted like crazy, guys. And I know a lot of you are like, oh, give me one handle. I'm getting these messages. Just wait for the article. You can see the screen. I highly urge you to not take a look because it will 
tear at your soul. Like I, I was sitting there crying, thinking that was some bouncing little baby that someone loved. And now they're all over the internet. These little girls just wanted to look cute and they're being, you know, exposed. These two children don't know what they're doing in that hot tub. And it's dirty old men like Biden that had children crawling up his legs. I'm just saying, not saying that he did it. I mean, and I'm not saying that he didn't because I don't know, but why would you say that you have little kids in the pool crawling up your curly hairs and then jumping on your lap? It's just sick and disgusting. And, you know, Jack Dorsey needs to be held accountable. This should be national news that it's not some hidden site where perverts go to. They're on Twitter. They're literally on Twitter. They, they, they start talking about safety and abuse. And there he is. He's in one of the nation. He's in nations on a continent where out of the 54 nations, all 54 of them have insane rates of child abuse, child and human trafficking, organ trafficking. And he's sitting there preaching from his throne when it's his his platform that is promoting this. I mean, at least for Facebook, they're in groups. They're not out in the open. Here, you could just find it. You don't even have to look hard enough. It's there. And, you know, those of you that, you know, delve into and give into, you know, sex isn't a bad thing, okay? Don't get me wrong. I'm not a prude or anything. Sex is awesome. But when it's too carnal, uh, you know, and it's that and you make it as something, you know, that's like, uh, I don't know, when you glamorize it in, in that sense, it's just, it's, it's a big sin. For me, it changes, you know, how the person is. But, you know, free porn. That's on there. But, you know, God forbid, you know, you put out Pelosi and her babbling. They're going to tell you, well, that's fake news because she didn't slur that much. She only slurred a little bit. But, you know, this woman, you know, with five dudes on top of her that barely looks 18, you know, that's totally fine. Or that, you know, 10 year old, you know, on their knees in front of an old guy. Totally fine. You can't talk about Pelosi. This is the hypocrisy we need to point out. And today, I, I was just so irritated this morning because I was trying to work. I was trying to get things done and, you know, battling things on my end because uh, things got are just getting a little bit complicated. I think when you kind of like re have to restart a portion of your life, you know, things are really complicated at first. So it's it's a struggle. But And at the same time, I'm trying to open up uh, you know, these pictures and, uh, you know, uh, obfuscate the actual identities of the children uh, as much as I can, but without taking away from people being able to see, you know, so it's, it's disgusting. You guys, it's disgusting. It's, it tears your soul. And this is what I believe is why Jack is in Africa, coupled with the fact that we have a big danger looming, a very big danger, very, very well by open society, by the globalists. And it's something called Identity 2020. And not a lot of people know about it. You know, people have been talking about it with the real ID, which I find dumb too. It's like, I have a passport if I want to fly. Um, but now it's being forced uh, you know, it's, it's, it's real, but this identity 2020 is literally creating a digital identity. So your identity is you as a person. Remember I told you AI is a, you know, double-edged sword, but identity, digital identity is what they're focusing on. Biometric identity where they have you, um, 
have, you know, it's your social profile, basically. And they're experimenting all these things from Africa. This is this is where they've started. And I told you that Erdogan did that yesterday um, because I've been working on that um on those segments, this is hours long, which is great that my archivist promised that he would tackle it on my birthday weekend so he could put it out because I'm, I'm not very good on audio. But um, he he's going to be fixing it. Thank you, WH Tempest. I will be sending those files out. Um, in that, I noticed that there was so much funding for this uh, Identity 2020. I wondered what role Jack Dorsey is playing. And his role is to tie in more so the biometric collection uh, data uh, merged with their social media data that um, is ever so expanding in the region of Africa. And um, this hurts me a lot because they're merging them into a point of digital identity where they take everything from birth to adulthood. Um, And they have taken things um, such as merging the profiles of families, uh, some experiments that um, I've seen conducted with the information uh, you know, while research is while researching this for a while now, um, is is just bizarre. It's as if they want to create a version of you on a digital platform that could be easily altered to fit what they need, and it kind of feels like one of those, you know, uh, um, really bizarre, bizarre, bizarre movies that you watch where people have like credits on their wrist and they can't get a job because their profiles like this, and they're paying some some dude to fix their profile and you know, make them uh, more employable or, um, you know, and we're seeing that every day now. So uh, that was very startling to see. Um, And this is uh, funded, well-funded through the United Nations. Another problem that we see coming to the forefront. Uh, We're seeing it just move along at rapid rates. And it, it seems that the, the, the social media side is excelling in the African continent. Um, And those people are so vulnerable because, you know, Africa is known as the dark continent because uh, no one's actually invested money in their infrastructure to have power, uh, to have uh, interconnectivity. Uh, People are very electricity and power and internet. um, And what they have to sacrifice in order to have access to that is their full privacy. Uh, because they're, you know, making uh, all these these um, uh, profiles for them. And that is beyond me. And what's even scarier is, is that m- majority of these telecom companies too have started to see, so we have social media, but telecom, uh, you know, I saw people taking a stab at the H1B visa, which I completely agree with. I mean, in Portland, Oregon, we have Intel, right? Uh, headquartered there. Do you know that about 90% of the actual employees at Intel all have H-1B visas. I kid you not. They're all H-1B visas from India because like I said, India has a lot to offer. They're really smart. They're smart people. They have a great educational system. I mean, no matter how poor they are, they still get a really good education. And, you know, they're, they're, 
they're being targeted now, but I have to ask you, how many of you are registered with AT&T? Tons of you. How many of you have direct TV? Tons of you. Well, it's your fault that they operate like this because if you would tell them, I'm not getting services from you because you don't provide me services by American citizens and I refuse to pay you two, $300 a month, they'll soon change because for some reason, people like to complain about these things, but they don't do anything about it. Like if you call Dish Network, you're more like during operating hours, right? You'll get Americans on the phone. If you call Dish Network after hours, it gets to get rerouted to, you know, India call center. But you know, how many of you get a Raj on the phone that tells you his name is Bob? Tons of you. And that's where you need to complain. People that have fiber, you can go with, uh, I, I think it's a, what is it called? Fios, um... Oh, gosh, darn it. Frontier. They'll even tell you where they are and what country they're. Discover card. They'll even say, hi, I'm so-and-so from Utah. And it's not like, hi, my name is um, Sally. And, you know, you can't understand what they're saying because they're not, their name is really not Sally. You know, these are the things that people need to stand up for. We need to start putting um, our money where our mouth is. And that's not something a lot of people like to do. Um, Now, H-1B visas, social media platforms, collecting biometrics, creating profiles. This sounds something out of like, you know, a post-apocalyptic type thing. But this is reality. And look how mesmerized all of us have been where we're on a platform right now tweeting and talking. And if you take a step back, there's a huge portion of it a huge portion that is used to take advantage of little children. And you are none the wiser, none the wiser. What do you do? Do you refuse to use Twitter? Do you lock them up? Do you call them out? Because this needs huge calling out. This needs to be on every single news station because where's the outrage? Where's the outrage that there's a little child right now on the internet being forced to conduct sexual acts for perverts on Twitter to retweet and, you know, do whatever to, where is it? Where is the outrage that we have people in Africa that didn't have, don't even have a roof over their head. They put leaves over it that are getting internet as long as they submit all their biometrics and forfeit all their privacy, provide dental records, medical records, how many babies you had, how many partners, DNA samples, everything, and we'll give you internet and and power to your hut made of leaves. Where's the outrage of taking advantage of them? Do you think that's okay? Isn't that abuse of power? But why are we okay when it's happening somewhere else? See, a lot of people said, well, the Chinese did that. Yeah, they did it because they're communists and that's how they work. You want this? I want that. That's why they went into Africa, built out all these supermarkets and everything. They're like, not only are we going to collect all the information and see the habits of their trade and, you know, the employees that we get, we, we check all their, you know, records and, and we get social credit scores on the people, not only that work there, but, you know, buy food there because you know how they do that? How many of you have rewards cards with supermarkets? They know exactly what you buy, how you buy it, when you buy it, what, you know, day of the month it is for the women. Whoop, that's the day she orders a cake or she buys a cake and chocolate. They take every single detail and, and for what? Convenience, right? For us, it's convenience because you're knowingly giving that information. But for the Africans, it's blackmail. They don't have power. 
they don't have internet. But in order to do this, you need to submit this because those are the rules of the agreement we have with your village or, or you know, prefecture or country. We're literally enslaving thousands of people on a daily right now in Africa. And, and, and they're doing it because they have no choice. They don't know any better. They don't have another option. They don't have an option to say, well, I'm not doing it. It's kind of like you have an option not to use a rewards card because I don't want to give you that information. You know, I find it creepy sometimes. The only time that a supermarket really knows um, what you buy, like for, for example, you know, gas station. I use a rewards card there. I want cheaper gas and I want to get um, cigarettes cheaper, right? So I'm going to use a rewards card there. I don't care. I take the hit. When I go to the supermarket though, I don't use it except for when I order prime, you know, from Whole Foods and I use like my prime thing. Amazon already says, Hey, you want to buy this again? Hey, you want to buy that again? It already has a list, which makes it easier for me to shop like orange juice and uh, whatever it is that are normal staples, milk. You know, I don't have to go looking at the stupid carts all the time and then they, you know, distract you with stuff. But I've willingly done that with that app for that stuff, for like milk, eggs, you know, stuff like that. But these people have no choice. They're being enslaved. Think how else they're being exploited in a place where they have no voice. Remember, that's where we're conducting experiments to see the, you know, how HIV gets passed on. If you're sick, if you have this disease, you're protected. If you don't have, if you have this disease, you're more viral and you infect people faster. It becomes AIDS faster. Exploitation of human beings. It is sick. And yet they sit there and tell you who's listening to me that you're racist, that you're wrong, that you are a bad human being, yet none of them. Not one of them has turned around and said, this is happening. And, 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 and I'm the one talking about it. The one that can't even keep her stuff together because it hits way too close to home. I, I, I'm supposed to be talking about it, but they're not. Where, where are they for these children? Where are they? Ask yourself. This is how you see where people sit, their actions, what they say. President Trump, for example, you heard him totally not the same kind of level, but he got an exceptional majority. He got all of these votes. The turnouts were great. Did any of them report it? No, they were just busy reporting the other stuff. So if, if a black child, right, that, you know, is a, Demo- a parent that's a Democrat, you know, gets hurt, gets hit, gets anything, you know, suddenly it's all over the news 24-7. But if a child that's on Twitter that happens to be Asian, Malaysian, American, white, whatever, that's being perpetually abused for the whole world to watch for free, huh? they won't say anything. That's the problem. That's where you see where they sit. And Chuck Schumer is really upset that we're not letting them get baby parts. You have to ask yourself why. Now, tomorrow we will get into Identity 2020 just a little bit. Uh, talk about the Soros connection and what's going on. Um, and hopefully, I'll, uh, once those articles about Jack Dorsey are up and Twitter, um, you know, you could take a look at it. I will retweet it. I will post it on Facebook. But in the meantime, I want you guys to pray for the country. Pray for everyone. For those of you, um, you know, fasting for Easter, I wish you nothing but strength to be able to do that because it's been very hard for me. God bless everyone. 